0: podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to Raw: The Fight Within, a brand new podcast series hosted by me, Coogan Cassius. Over the course of the series, I'll be sitting down with some of the most high-profile figures from the world of boxing, including fighters, trainers, and promoters, in order to dig a little deeper and understand their own personal stories. This podcast is about much more than simply what happens inside the ring. It's about the journey the sacrifices, the agony, the ecstasy, the highs, the lows, the tears, and the fears. It's about getting to know the person. Thank you for tuning in, and I really hope you enjoy it. If you do, be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. This podcast is suitable for over 18s only, as it may contain adult content and explicit language. Hello, and welcome to Raw The Fight Within, podcast with me, Cougan Cassius. Delighted this week to be joined by... Former Premier League star and former professional boxer Leon McKenzie and my friend as well. Cougar. How are you, mate?
1: Lovely to be on, mate. It's been a while. Yeah,
0: it's been a while.
1: Twenty seventeen was the last one. I knew
0: he was going to chuck chat.
1: Twenty seventeen. Like six
0: years ago. I know it's crazy, isn't it? But like, where's that six years gone? I don't
1: know, but I'm I'm still going, still you're, going. You're still here. Still, you're in, still
0: man. here, yeah. Um, yeah, I wanted to get you on here because I think, like I said. We spoke about this earlier on, where you are in a, a very, very small club of people that have made uh, a successful transition from playing football at the highest level to then competing in boxing. And uh, obviously people that know you know why that link happened, obviously, because of uh, your family connections in in boxing. But, um, mm. yeah, and obviously... You've spoken over the years about your kind of struggles in life in your book as well. Um, mm. I was at your book launch. Do you remember? Yeah, I years remember ago. that. Yeah, at your book launch. Uh, at your book launch. 2012. However. That was. Was it really? Mm. That was 11 years ago.
1: 2012.
0: Wow. Yeah. Wow. Uh, but yeah, I thought you're kind of you're good for the type of podcast that I wanted to do because there was a lot of different things that we can talk about and kind of address that has reference to your life. So I'm going to ease you in quite gently. Please do. And then we'll see how we go on. Um, so in terms of boxing, what was your first ever like memories as a child of boxing?
1: I would say my first memory as a child, uh, boxing wise, was seeing my dad uh, fight an opponent called Chris Blake at Fairfield Halls in Croydon. Um, I remember that vividly because I jumped into the ring after. I think I was about eight, seven, eight years old or something like that, maybe. Maybe a bit younger, I can't remember the actual age. Uh, But the the one fight that sticks out for me was when he came back after retiring, um, came back and won a British title against Lloyd Christie. And that was in Birmingham. And I jumped into the ring about sort of 11 years old, like jumping up and down, just absolutely in awe of my dad, Uh, just obviously doing it again. I think he was 33 years old at the time, coming back to win a British title. And the last one would be seeing my Uncle Duke win uh, a world title, I believe, uh, against Canizales. Um, And that was, I think, Crystal Palace... I believe as well, uh, and that was a, that was a beautiful memory. Um, so yeah, there's there's been some amazing childhood memories in terms of my boxing history and my family, uh, with you know British European champion being my dad, Clinton, and then Duke going on to be form, former three-time world champion. Uh, it was kind of built in in my DNA. So really and truly, from age I'd say seven, eight years old, I was always sort of around the gyms. So anyone that really knew me properly would know that, you know, I was always around boxing. So football only, football only came into play, I would say, you know, 13 years old, uh, 14 years old, Crystal Palace sort of came into to play. And then, yeah, then there's a little story in terms of I could have gone down the boxing route or I could have done the football route, but I chose boxing and had 18 years.
0: So I, I don't know if you've just answered my next question in that, but do mm. you remember the first actual professional fight you went to watch? I'm assuming it had something to do with your dad. Was yeah that it, the first
1: the first professional boxing? Yeah, that would be that would be my dad. Mm. Um, I would say probably against a guy called Chris Blake, who he absolutely boxed his head off. It was just beautiful to see. Um, and then I went to see Nigel Ben. Actually, one time, and my dad actually took me into the changing room to see Nigel. And I was, I was a little bit in awe of Nigel. I was a bit of a fan of Nigel back then. And then, as 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 life goes on, you know, I ended up going to to his house in Tenerife and and just getting to know him on a personal level. And you know, really, he's a real, real good man in terms of where he is now.
0: So, outside of kind of your dad and your uncle, who who would you say was the boxer that? Kind of made you take notice of boxing to a certain Sugar a certain aspect. Leonard,
1: yeah. Sugar Leonard, hundred yeah. percent, yeah. And the reason I say Sugar Leonard is because I would say because my dad boxed him in a Mon- seventy six Montreal Olympics. By the way, um,
0: what a great thing to throw <laughs> out there.
1: just just to pull it just to pull it out there. We
0: should just end it now.
1: You know, I just thought, you know, I then I obviously started to do my own education around Sugar and Leonard and. You know, after beating my dad in in the Olympics, um, he went on to become five-time world champion, I believe. So, um, he was given. But between him and Mike Tyson, Mike Tyson was the person that really, you know, I, yeah, I'm waiting up till four o'clock in the morning just to see this man do a ring walk. You know, the, the man was just amazing. So that's what enticed me into getting to, to boxing. Um, and I'd always done a little bit in the side myself, although football was was the leading way.
0: This next question is something I'm always interested to know the answer from because it's varied and some people can't even answer this and it's probably more interesting to hear your response to this, Leon. Mm. Obviously, after your football career, if you hadn't got into boxing, what do you think you would have done? If you just retired Mm. as like a, a... a Premier League footballer or mm. a professional footballer mm. and hadn't got into boxing what do you think you'd be doing?
1: Um, I can go quite deep on that because I think as you know sportsmen in South, athletes sometimes can lose their identity after finishing their careers um, I had lost my identity after football finishing you know football and I wasn't really prepared to finish through injury and everything else. And I was more prepared to finish from boxing because I had things in place to look sort of forward to, um, you know, doing documentaries and, and all those types of things. But to answer that question in terms of what I would do, I don't really know if if I didn't have boxing, I don't really know. I'm I was never the, the footballer to play loads of premiership years and earn loads and loads of money. Um, to be just chilling on a golf course sort of thing Um, but what I will do is I've I've always learned how to understand life uh, being a realist and understand that yeah you know what I don't have a fear of of working like the average man just because once upon a time I was that I I feel like I, I can I would have done anything and done anything good for whatever was to come after um, to, you know, show my kids a good uh, attitude and example in just knowing, okay, yeah, once upon a time this is where daddy was but at the same time, you know, sometimes we have to do what we have to do and I've done that many times in my life regardless of Premiership football, regardless of jumping in the ring I've, I've, I've got to, to understand uh, my character so I'll always find, I'd always do something.
0: Do you think you would have possibly have stayed in football at some capacity after retirement
1: not really um football sort of traumatized me for a number of years um just with so many mixed emotions around it but I've never really been into coaching as such I've never really been in like to go and watch games and be that sort of fan I'm more a boxing fan than I am a a football fan but having said that I do you know I mentored under 18s for Crystal Palace now so I'm a mentor for Crystal Palace Football Club which is quite ironic for me being that that was the first club I started and now I end up you know being with these kids who you know that's where I was once upon a time and being able to guide them and 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 give them education around real life topics and getting them to be prepared for for when it does finish or what is to come if you do reach the the goals and the dreams and um, what to, to really be look out for and prepare for so that's that's a fantastic position that's what i like to do that the give back position mm. that's that's what means a lot to me when
0: you was a kid do you remember the first ever like um like i'm not talking about in a boxing sense but do you remember the first ever like whether it was a, a fight or mm. like a serious encounter in terms of what well, that I had, that you had, do you remember? Anything oh yeah,
1: I, I, I was bullied, man, at school. I was bullied for for a little while, and that's why I sort of learnt to fight. So you remember Rocky Five and that? I swear to you not. That's when my dad was still fighting and that, and he was pulling up in a Rolls Royce at my school. So you know, kids can be quite evil, yeah. So when I was getting pulled up in in my school, and he had like a gold Rolls Royce at the time, there was a little bit envious and stuff, and some of the bully boys. Used to think uh, you know who do you think you are just because your dad's a boxer the same old shit do you know what i mean yeah. uh and i got tucked in a few times and then i thought nah, do you know what i'm not taking this anymore so i got in myself into the gym my dad had a gym in uh he actually owned a pub in in stratham called the park tavern which is right on the corner and there was a gym underneath it so that's where mark prince used to get go and, and people like that so i was always in the gym and I remember going to the school and then, yeah, one time I beat up the, the school bully. Never really looked back from them. But I've had a, yeah, I've had a few interesting scenarios, especially within football, where they didn't know I had a bit of boxing history.
0: Yeah, that must be mad, because, like, yeah. we always look at footballers now and think, oh, he could probably have a route. he could probably have out. but then, I suppose, yeah. with yourself. And, uh, mm if you're not really educated about your background um, and your family's history in the sport, then... Yeah. yeah. I
1: mean, it was the same thing when I went into to, to boxing, right? Everyone was just like, oh, another footballer, who do you think you are? You know, coming into our sport and blah, blah, blah. But the real, real boxing people would get it. You know, the real boxing people. Um, who would understand that, actually, this is not... You know, this is not a joke. It's not no gimmick thing. It's not no... I was doing it for real and you can you can see that in, in terms of the fights I had with the 11 pro fights I had
0: mm. I mean look we, we, we've kind of seen just to kind of finish off on, on what you're saying there we've mm. seen the rare occurrences um, I mean the two notable people that do stick out are yourself and Curtis Woodhouse yeah. Curtis Woodhouse former British champion mm. um, but then we've seen like the situation with Rio mm. trying to do it as well Rio Ferdinand mm. and he was knocked back for a licence a few years ago we saw whatever it was with... I know it's not the same because he wasn't a footballer, but the Freddie, Freddie Flintoff I mean, uh, situation where he had a pro fight mm. on a, a card in Manchester a few years ago, people remember. But um, mm. I think when you even look at those situations, but compare it to yourself and also Curtis, that you guys were, weren't in it for like just a bit of attention, etc. And I think like you proved that with how you fought in the ring and kind of how seriously you took it. But you're right, boxing people already know this, didn't really Mm. have to question this.
1: No, no. But again, you're always, you're never going to be able to please everyone in, in life, right? So the main thing that I had to do is just focus on my own journey and understand my value of what I'm doing and bringing. It wasn't really about, you know, people's opinions as such. It's just doing what I had to do. And I'm I'm real grateful to have the opportunity to do it because you know at the age I was g- going into professional boxing you know, 35 years old jumping into professional boxing with no amateur experience is is nothing to be looked upon. bunch. You know what I mean? So, and then actually fighting people like Cello Renda, who's an absolute bogeyman, who's got very good pedigree, uh, in my last fight at 39 years old, I, I, I done my best.
0: <laughs> you absolutely did do that. Tell me about a time, and like I said, um, I know a lot of, not a lot, but I Mm. know what you've kind of put out there in terms of things in your life that um, you've had to go through, but talk to me about a time where you felt that you were fighting a losing battle in your life.
1: I I would say I fought a a lot of losing battles in my life, just through bad choices. Um, What sport didn't prepare me for was life circumstances in terms of how it can sometimes hit rock bottom right and I hit rock bottom and yeah some you know there's lots of people that understand I've been very open about depression and anxiety I still battle with those things to this day but I learn how to cope with it so I learn how to just try and find a way to make my day better and to do things that help my life now Um, but there was some real dark times, uh, as, 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 as opposed to, you know, trying to take my own life would be just a point of just like completely losing myself. And anyone that knows me knows that, you know, my children are my everything in terms of what that, that's my power, they're my love. But when you're actually going through these things in life um, that can just really hold you down and your mind breaks down, and you go through that real bad depression and that real bad place of of just loneliness, it's, you know, nothing really can help you at that particular time but yourself to understand this is only you that can help yourself to get out of this. It doesn't matter what you do. And I, I will say that confidently because I've spoke to so many people all over the world. And, you know, you always hear this opinion that society will say uh, uh, you know most of uh, society would say oh but you know you were a premiership footballer you earned lots of money you did this you did that what you got to be depressed about right it's the same kind it's of
0: horrendous take, it's it? the same
1: kind of rhythm yeah. but it's just how the world is is how it's what society has made us so it's give us you know all social networks and that's give people some kind of mouth and voice to, to think they can say what they want without actually affecting people later on, do you know what I mean? Um I've you know, I've interviewed people like Doreen Johnson, aka The Rock, who's a multimillionaire, an absolute superstar, Hollywood. <laughs> that's just that's just keep it there. He's absolutely Hollywood. And um, for when that man can sit in front of me and say to me, Well do you know what? You know, I, I still suffer with depression, Leon. Yeah? It can happen to anyone. It just depends on what your journey is. Also understanding the trauma that you might have had in your own life. You know, I've got childhood trauma from things that have been personal that have happened to me in my life. But it's not a feel-sorry-for-me story. That I'm trying to get away from you know, people coming, oh, I'll stop feeling sorry for you. It's not about feeling sorry for myself. The reason why I do all the talking that I do is because I know there's so many people out there struggling for their own journey, through their own reasons of trauma, whatever it is, or careers finishing, or you know, divorce, or you know, missing your children, or whatever it is, there's triggers in us all. So when those triggers are activated, therefore it can put us in, in really vulnerable places. And that is why I speak today. Talking is the best therapy. Talking is the, the power for you to not only get that rehabilitation within yourself, but to to produce that kind of positive energy that you you put out, you say yeah, I'm talking and I'm talking about this topic because it, you know, not only you know five words saved my life. I believe talking really saved my life in the end. So, if you're sick of hearing me talking about things that can potentially save another person's life, then just don't listen to me.
0: I've I've spoke to a few people. Um... On this podcast about what you're talking about, and um, I suppose you're a good person to answer this. Actually, mm. um, what what do you think about? I don't agree with this counter, by the way, but I'll, I'll put it out to you about training your mind, mm. just not to be in that. It's not as it, you. I don't believe that that can be done with certain people. I do believe that. In certain situations, you can train yourself mm. to almost not think of yourself Negative as things. depressed, etc. But it do- I know it doesn't work like that, and I think that you'll say the same thing, that it's not that easy to switch off something that- which is a mental illness like that.
1: No, I think when you're going through a depressive state of mind, to tell that person to say, get out of bed, come on, you'll be all right, it doesn't really work like that. No. When your mind's broken down, you have to give yourself a certain time and understand what is going on. So you have to own that position of, you know, I'm a bit down or I'm a bit depressed. But you've also got to understand how much power you do have in turning it around. And it can be as simple as going for a walk, picking up the phone and speaking to someone that you trust or love, um, and that loves you back, and just... Confiding in someone else, just to express your thoughts, feelings, and emotions of what you're truly going through, that's that's the reality in it. Um, because you can't do it by yourself. You do need that close, you know, circuit of people who who really do love you and want the best for you. But I would say it will come down to your self in the end to get yourself in a position to to again fight. It.
0: Ray Winston said to me about this on. A couple of episodes ago on this about this, and he said to me about he 's never felt like suicidal. Has mm. he had bad days? Yes, and I've, I get this from kind of uh, quite a little bit of a common answer that 's becoming uh, yeah. apparent um, about there is sometimes so much about mental health, suicide, depression put on social media in front of your face, even if you're not really following it, you still see it. Yeah. Um, is there an argument to this that if you're having a bad day or going through a bad time in your life, mm. that's what that is? It's not strictly clinical depression. It, so it can trigger people to thinking that that's what they're going through because... Mm. As much as I still don't think it's been t- talked about, especially with men, yeah. talked about enough, but there is a counter to that, that it's so vastly out there, more so than ever, yeah. to a certain degree. Yeah. Can people get kind of almost confused to think that they think one thing when really it is a bad point in their life?
1: It's a good question. It really depends what you're trying to identify, right? So what I mean is by that is, Someone that is going through depression and they might, you know, as you can see, people being more vocal, um, it is a lot on social medias, uh, you know, all the context that that goes out. Um, How do you define someone having a bad day to maybe someone that is trying to take their life? So I've got a little motto on this, is that what happens to Pinocchio when he lied? The nose grow. Right. You can visually see that, right? Yeah can visually see that his nose going back. okay so what do you think happens to someone that suffers from depression
0: you don't see anything
1: it's hard to really tell so maybe in terms of ray winston in terms of what ray's saying and um, i totally understand what he's saying by the way how do you then say well how's someone suffering from a bad day just everyone has bad days right mm. but then you don't really know if someone's actually trying to check out a life because there is no visual tales, right? There is no real clear signs. So it would be very, not shallow, but I always try and listen to someone that is trying to speak. Because we don't actually know what that person is going through. Although they might not say suicide and they might say, oh, you know, I'm having a really bad day. We don't know how many, real what that bad day is is, is really what they're going on with it you know which I mean? We don't know what's going on within that bad day. So therefore, these things can lead to suicide. And I think you only really understand that more so is if you, I've lost people to suicide. I've lost my uncle to suicide. I've lost my sister to suicide. I've lost myself, nearly. Right? So you get a greater insight on what truly is mental health. Right? But also... Yeah, understand. Yeah, of course. Everyone has bad days, and you can have those little bad days, but you have to really understand the difference between just having a bad day, or actually, actually thinking about how you're going to end your life is two completely different contrasts in terms of what you are trying to put out. So, whoever is putting that content in terms of mental health, be clear, be confident and be very, very direct in what you're trying to say, but also warn people of what it might be if it is suicide content.
0: I mean, you've said yourself about you've gone through nearly with yourself and also Mm. with family members. Yeah. How many people around your family would have had the opinion that didn't see that coming, didn't Mm. know seemed all right, etc. I'm not saying the immediate people, but sort sort of, if you think of an outside layer to that, wouldn't know anything different. And I'm shocked about that situation that's happened.
1: So here's the thing, probably everyone, saying that my dad is my best friend, but my dad did not think I would do that. right? And he's the closest person to me. But the reason why, and this is what it comes down to, is because, you know, I did become a bit of an actor. Uh, it was all, you know, if you asked all my teammates for when I was playing football and the bubbly character I was, they wouldn't have no. When they all heard what happened to me, they were shocked. I had calls of of former teammates. They're like, Leo, I can't believe it. Mm. You know what I mean? And that is because, simply, I didn't show them what was truly going on. I didn't speak about it. I just kept it all to myself and then what happens is when you do keep it all to yourself, you end up having a crash, basically, and it, and it will all come on top at some point. So you've got to be able to understand yourself, understand your character. But yes, we have to look at things a little bit more carefully. And 100%, everyone has bad days, but it's a very thin line between having a bad day and then someone to try and check out a life.
0: For you now, mm. uh, in your... This stage of your life, what are their everyday battles for Leon McKenzie?
1: Everyday battles for me are just trying to find my peace. I've always tried to find a little bit more peace and more what I've maybe give myself credit for. I've achieved uh, so much in my life within my own journey, um, and sometimes I think you can always keep chasing that. You know, what, what's next? What's next? And sometimes it can get tiring. You know, sometimes I'm I'm tired, you know. I had 18 years in professional football, another four years in professional boxing. Uh, you know, within the, you know 2017 I retired. With those five years, I've just been happy just to be able to just eat what I want, <laughs> just have a little bit of time for me. Um, but also understand that, yeah, okay, like what can I do to make a difference? What can I do off the back of everything I've achieved? What can I do? To affect someone else's life, what can I do to to give back what with all the things I've experienced and achieved that what, what's the point on sitting on it, good or bad therefore that 's what gives me the confidence to be able to speak and and, and give people as i can 't tell you the the amount of messages and, and people that reach out to me, even when i 'm maybe just posting little training videos or you know trying to post positive things it 's about the positive nature of this. Mental health has got a very, you know, not bad aura around it, but it's not really positive where it can actually go to. So yes, everyone as you know may suffer from mental health, but it can actually go to a more of a, a positive place in terms of how you use it, how you come back from it, how do you respond from where you was maybe once upon a time to where you are now. And that's what we what I try and push out you know it's all about the fight it bit that's that's the most important bit you know to try and understand where you are in 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 your life so for me now it's just about just trying to give back, trying to educate um and just be happy, but within my own journey you know what i mean not not no one no one else's understand my own value um making the right choices because it's not always been that sometimes we can make the wrong choices and then we put ourselves in a very vulnerable m- mental health state anyway just through choices that we've we've made that are wrong and um, that can affect our lives our our relationships our kids it ain't just about you so we have to look at what the choices that we do that we do make um, and, and try and grow um, because you're still going to fall you're still going to but you know even what rock said to me which stuck out one time in my head was you know he still has bouts of 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 depression but what he understands is now is that every time he goes through that bout of depression every time he he has that fall it's it's, he's always a little bit more equipped the next time around so every time it comes around again because it might go through phases of when it hits you then he's a little bit more equipped to be able to to say right okay this worked for me this time, so now I know what to do with this. Or I'm gonna go and hit the gym today and, and do a workout, or I'm gonna go and speak to a few of my close friends and/or sort of close family and, and reach out. Or I might have a cry uh, to one someone that I, I trust and, and can confide in, you know. And, and those are the things that are important. I can't tell you how much I've cried in my life, <laughs> no matter what achievements have, have come, whether that's through happiness. I, you know, I've, I've cried a lot, so, but in good, in a good way.
0: That was actually teeing me up for my next question. When was the last time you had to fight back tears, or do you fight them back?
1: Yeah, I don't fight back tears now. No, no, I don't. I'm, I'm just not that type of character. But um, the last time I cried was probably when my daughters were, were with me, um, and they were going back home to Spain with with with, with their mum. Um, we've got a uh, place there and that's where their mum's from so we've got got a place there so you know they were going back there it was my first Christmas without them right so it was my first Christmas without my my baby girls I've got five children but um, they were obviously leaving the country those particular two and yeah it, it, it hit me it is what it is again I'm not saying it. Oh, get the violins! You know what? People come on social network and be like, "Oh, get the violins out!" Oh, stop feeling so. No, it's not that. It's not that. I just love my baby girls. Yeah, they're my power. That's the reason why I get up every day, um, and obviously my son to include to that, to show them, you know, right? Yeah, you know, daddy once upon a time was here, and you seen the up and down roller coaster in life. But there's one thing that I need to show all of my children is, is the, the mentality in how to fight back when things ain't going right in your life and then you'll have the ability to see and watch all the things that I've done, all the bad choices I've made in my life to understand, okay, we've seen this before, but you'll have the ability to understand how to fight back in your own life. So that's what I, I am trying to project to them.
0: You're a fighter in every sense of the word, and I don't necessarily mean as a boxer, but in life, we know that. Um, Where does that fight spirit come from? Where does that stem from? Is it a family thing? Is it something you've developed as well as being a family thing? What is it?
1: I would say... I'd say my dad's got a big part to do with it. He's a man that I see who's probably a little bit more vulnerable as he's getting older now. Um, a heart of gold, but i 've seen my dad suffer in many ways through bytroces Um i 've seen him you know go through fifteen round fights i 've seen him in pain i 've seen him you know going out to train at stupid o'clock in the morning and and have that desire and and, and dedication around what he wanted to achieve. But the flip side of that, my dad wasn't educated in terms of life. So he lost a lot. Um, And if you speak to my dad now, he'd be able to speak to you and be humble in the approach of understanding where he went wrong. Um, He he probably showed me to have the ability to be able to fight. This is a man that will probably die in his gym. He's got his own gym. uh, And I respect that. He's just he he tries, and that's what that's what he's what he does, it's what he has the ability to do. Um, I don't know. I think I've had to look at, look in with myself, but first and foremost, not that I am religious. I have to thank God, um, truly, from my heart, because he's not left my side. I've left him on a few occasions, and um, what what I, what I mean by that is is that you know when I'm. In touch, and I pray, and I uh, and I try and do the best that I can do. There's a certain power that comes within that, uh, just knowing that you're protected, no matter what you go through. And this is, you know, this is a person that's been, uh, a, a, you know, elite, top, elite, elite athlete, but also, you know, I've seen prison doors. <laughs> do you know what I mean? I've uh, I've been divorced. I've, I've I've been through many things in life, and I've walked many paths that. Most probably won't even, even uh, reach. Um, but it's all about how you respond and 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 you know like since I came out of prison after football, and then you know writing the autobiography and trying to rebuild my life and reinvent myself. It's all about how you reinvent yourself every single time that you know one chap- chapter ends. You have to continuously reinvent yourself, and that is the key to you know to continue in life
0: do you still feel like at this point of your life that you're still having to fight your demons do you have demons still it doesn't ever
1: stop kooks. you just you just find better ways of coping yeah um i could sometimes maybe ruminate in in terms of you know, go back to certain things that have happened and certain things that have held me down and that can slow you down a bit if you get in the habit of always going back to those places that made you feel sad then you're going to always be there, right? So you've got to try and understand that, okay, that was once where it was but what can I do now to make my life different now? What can I do to control the now? There is days where I have to, you know, bringing my, my fight spirit and understand, well, okay, it's not that bad. It's not that bad. Probably, I'm about to lose my driver license, but it's not that bad. <laughs> Three points, again. But it's not that bad. We just have to just go with the flow and, and, and take it for what it is. But understand there's something, silver lining in, in, in most things.
0: Leon, obviously, you fight for yourself, you fight for your... children. Children, your family, Mrs.
1: Yeah,
0: who fights for you? Who's there for you? Like in in your corner, in your life corner, who's there for you, rain or shine, whatever's going on? Then people. Are there I've, for got you, people. There? I've got a lot of people. I've got a lot of
1: people there for me. I've got a very close circle of friends. Um, I call them brothers rather than friends. So, don't really, I won't sort of name them as such, but I've got they know who they are in terms of who's in my corner, and vice versa. We have little groups and stuff. Um, we always try and encourage each other. As you know, my dad is my best friend. I have a new uh, partner who is, um, who's got a heart of gold. I believe that she's in my corner. My children, you know, are, are, are my everything. So they are very much in touch with my feelings. They kinda know their daddy now. Um and I and I'm and I and I try and explain that or elaborate. When I say that they know daddy, they kinda know when I'm feeling a little bit sad, right? Mm. Kids are so intelligent, more so than you, you probably would would think. But there's been times where my girls have pulled me out of that little moment of ooh you know. That little moment of distress or that little moment of sadness, you know, it might be one of my daughters just like literally just like stroking my face or, you know, there's been times which they'd be like, love you daddy. And it just like do you know what I mean? I could cry on the spot.
0: Positive <laughs> trigger points. I could cry on the Positive spot. Positive trigger points. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So that's what it's about. That's what it's about. It's about it's about understanding uh, where you are in your life. Um, and, and also understanding the love you have in your life uh, and, and what is precious, you know. This is all going to, you know, uh, no matter what, whoever's competing, <laughs> whether you're at the top or whatever it is you're doing in life, it's all going to end soon. <laughs> at some point. It's all going to end soon. You might, you might make the most money. You might be the Floyd Mayweather or Tyson Fury of, of boxing. But at some point, it's, it's all going to end and when it all ends, I just hope that you're in a position to understand that actually, when that's all gone, what do you have? So when you ask those questions, that's the most important thing. The love that you have around you, your circle, your friendships, your relationship, your kids, that's it, that's, that's what, that's what should, should be your power shouldn't really be down to. But then, you know, people would, people, you know, maybe disagree with that. Some people's power is money and, and, and fame and all that rubbish. But it is what it is.
0: Well, what stops you, or do you think stops you, from ever reaching that black hole that you spoke about? And I've spoken well, about now. before. What stops you from even entering around that, that black hole? What is it?
1: elaborate more so in in terms of suicidal thoughts. Correct. Okay. Now because I never want to where I woke up once upon a time in hospital to see my family and that crying their eyes out and I was just very confused. I never want my my children, you know, my partner, my the people that love me now I I couldn't leave this life now, knowing how I've affected their lives by leaving that with them. I I I I couldn't I couldn't be up there looking down and thinking, oh, like, like, like I've just left you with pain now for the rest of your life because I've done something that I couldn't control. My power is to fight that because I never want to be in that position again where I have to, you know there's people that have not not made that, but I know what it does to be left by someone that's taken their own life. I know what it does to that person. I know what it does to that wife, husband, brother, sister. You know, the, I know what it does to the kids when someone takes their own life through whatever it is they're going through, and God bless their souls, but I don't want to ever feel that like that again. And put that vulnerability around the people that truly love me. So that's my power to try and always keep going. No matter what. It's just to try and keep going.
0: In your opinion, how big is depression in boxing?
1: Massively. Um, One of the reasons why I'm obviously doing so much in terms of of the boxing board now. Um, Actually, I'll go on to that. Absolutely. Yeah, so obviously... The, bo- the British Boxing Board of Control have been on at me for a good couple of years now. Um, obviously, got a good family history in terms of you know my uncle Duke was was a part of the board many many years ago with Mickey Collier and um, Obviously, bringing him into board. So I'd I'd spoken and had many conversations with the board, and I wanted to see the angle that they were coming from. Obviously, there's a lot of controversy around the board and different opinions, but uh, let's face it. It's had a very old-school way of thinking. It's had a very old-school way of, of doing things. Um, and my thought process, as I said to you many, many years ago, was just to try and make a few little small changes in the way things are, are done um, and try and use my contacts and enough uh, power and education around putting the boxing board into the right areas. So right now I'm trying to set up uh, uh, some some major meetings and and help uh, the British Boxing Board of Control uh, look at ideas about helping fighters who who are retiring and struggling properly because we've obviously heard this so many times every year. Um, so I'm going to try and collaborate them with uh, Sporting Chance, who are who you know are an amazing charity in terms of what they do and what they provide with therapy psychologic like from psychologic psychological point of view um and all the things that they 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 do so um hopefully that comes into play and and I can make that happen so yeah i've had a a few meetings with the board so we're going to collaborate with sporting chance i'm hoping that that pushes through because that will been massive because of what sporting chance do provide with therapy psychologists even rehab um, location, uh, I've I've actually been in there to get away from 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 everything, which was so so helpful. And I had my therapy. I still see a therapist to this day. I think it'd be massive for the boxing world. Um, and you know, I, and I know that's the truth because I've had a few boxers reach out to me already, and I've had to help them. And put them onto uh, therapists, psychologists, um, get them some specific help, you know, and 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 put them in the right direction. So it's positive, it's positive, uh, and that's really the f- the forefront of why I've I've wanted to go. involved. It's not so much to to deal with all the other bits and bobs within the boxing. It's to do the Things that maybe people don't see and and just help fighters get into the right help. Um, I spoke to another fighter the other day who just had a detached retina um, who who was in a you know really kind of lonely place and very promising fighter he was, and you know I'd spoken to him within great detail and now just trying to help him. Get into that next chapter. What is he going to transition into? What is his interest? What is what does he like doing? Uh, because he didn't really know what he was going to do. So, just those conversations of just letting them, letting fighters know, like you're not alone. But you know, what this is what I can try and do to help and pushing them into the right direction. I think that's what boxing needs. It's not just about when you're on top of the world or you're under Eddie Hearn and you are, you know a flashing, you know, you're the, you're the man, right?
0: Flavour of the month.
1: Flavour of the month or whatever it is or however long it lasts. But when it all ends, that's when it really matters. So... And do people care when it ends? No, of course they don't. Of course they don't. Because...
0: Not everyone, but.
1: Because, you know, whether it's a business element or whatever it is, you know, you have to look at fighters that come now to maybe shows and if you're not relevant you're not relevant I'm not relevant in boxing anymore like I don't really there's people that I see in boxing that probably won't even bother having a conversation with me just because I'm not relevant but when I was probably relevant they were the same people that were all in my face having conversations so it's all it's all noted it's all observed does it really stop my journey not really does it really bother my journey not really but That's the reality in in the world we are in. You know, you have to understand how fickle it is. You have to understand your circle's got to be real tight and small because they're the ones that really only truly care.
0: The only people that see how fickle it is are retired fighters because, like I said, we spoke about this earlier. About Mm. if you're in media, you kind of keep a little bit of your relevance um, to someone who's possibly still in the public eye to a certain degree. But I think for retired fighters, silly. and it's more so that are not, I think when they stop boxing, like you just compared it to yourself, when they stop boxing, mm. and it's like a year down the line, yeah. and it's almost like, oh, Leon, or so-and-so, or like mm. whoever it is, mm. it's almost like, the, that person's the only person that's going to feel exactly how fickle the sport is, if that makes sense.
1: I only really probably know that just through my dad and my uncle, mm. so no, with with respect, my uncle's a former three time world champion. He probably struggled to get a ticket, mm. but uh, uh, do you know what I mean? My dad's a former British European champion. Why why would you struggle to get a ticket? Is this my point? It's it's the same in football. Mm. Honestly, it's the same in football. I you know I've played eighteen years of football. Now, now, I'm obviously working with Crystal Palace now, but there's times and things where I'm just like, you know, I've got to actually arcs to get a ticket. I'll get one, but it's like, it's like, you know, what I mean, it's like, come on now, you know. So sometimes I think there's got to be certain respect there in in certain in other areas. Um, yeah, I truly believe that.
0: Okay, um, final one. Mm. Answer this is uh, in whichever way you kind of see the interpretation, but what? Still drives that fight within you today. What is it? What are the factors that get you out of bed in the morning and strive you to finishing off the day? What what drives that fight still within you as a person?
1: I think my spirit is is special in itself because uh, you know I truly believe that God has got my back. Um, so the times that I've not wanted to get out of bed. At some point, I will, to to try and uh, achieve what I can in that particular day. So, you know, I'm all, I do a lot. You know, I'm 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 at Talksport still. I'm in my third series, which is kind of a similar sort of podcast role uh, called After the Lights Go Out with Steve Harmison. Um, that's like fantastic in itself of what it does from a therapeutic point of view. We have former athletes on talking about careers and, and, and trauma and addiction and all these things that are, you know, I think very important to, to speak about and, you know, commendable of the athletes coming on, you know, being brave and speaking about those things. My children, uh, seeing them grow, doing the best I can for them, uh, you know, just trying to be the best me. That's My drive is trying to be the best me, um, trying to make a difference Uh, after competing the competing days are over now so how can I make a difference in other people's lives apart from my own so that's what my my goals are that's what I want want to try and achieve that's why you know with the uh, documentary coming God willing this year um, which I've it's been six years this is the sixth year so it's done it's ready we've got a few things to do but those things I look forward to of what it can do and the change that it can make and just, yeah, just trying to, just trying to be as happy as I can because, you know, you can't be every day happy but you can make a difference to uh, what you do in, in terms of trying to be. That's it really.
0: Okay, well Leon, listen, I much appreciate your time. Um, Yeah, I wanted to, you to do this because I know that Mm. without knowing everything you was going to say today, I kind of, knew that certain topics you were the, mm. the right person to... Was that
1: okay? You, you answered,
0: It was answered no, okay? No, listen, every answer is... Because I never know who you can... <laughs> um, but no, it's, it's good. And we see, like, just to finish up on that, Tyson Fury um, talking so much about his journey and his struggles with <clears throat> mental health. But I think for yourself... And you've been doing this for a long time as well, and I think before Tyson Fury, before of course, and you've spoke openly um, across two high profile sports, Um, and it's not specifically connected to sports, but that has been a part of your life, obviously. Mm. So it has obviously impact there, but I think it's bigger
1: than me. It's not. It's not fundamentally about me. I don't talk just to hear the sound of my own voice. I talk because I know what it does for someone that may be listening and that's struggling, right? Um, and then you have to look at, you know, like your Tyson Furies and, and the people that have higher profiles. It's it's great that they're in a position to, to be vulnerable and, and be able to speak, you know, he's an amazing athlete in terms of what he's achieved. Um, but also, you have to be as real as you can with it as well. Mm. So, then you do have to make the right choices and, 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 you know, if you speak it, you have to go by that.
0: But surely it's a case of if whatever Tyson Furious is or whatever you say, if it helps It's bigger one than us. One
1: person... There you go. That's why you have if to it mis- helps that's one
0: person from making a choice that... I'm trying to word that in a way, but you know what to mean, check if out, it, yeah. If it stops someone from killing themselves, i just say how it is. So yeah. Stop someone from killing themselves. One person, surely, keep talking. Surely.
1: 100%. percent you guys got to say that's why I never knock the Tyson Furies or anyone that comes forward and just has the ability to, to be open and vulnerable at that particular time, no matter their position, it's just more highlighted when you are a higher profile. So people obviously look into that more so, but there are average, normal, working people. Absolutely. That need to be heard as well. Absolutely. Um and that's, that's the courage that we have to give them. When we're in these positions, we have to give them that that courage to do to be able to speak. It's not just because you're an athlete or you're a celebrity, or therefore you know everyone's got to listen to you. No, there's someone down the road who's who's, who's a postman struggling. So,
0: no, absolutely. I think obviously the point I was making, which I know you get anyway, is that yeah. the, the the reach and the more high profile someone is the wider that message can potentially go. Correct. I think
1: that's the point. That's that's exactly that. So if you have been through those experiences, credit to you and the people that do speak.
0: Leon McKenzie, thank you very much for joining me on Raw, The Fight Within. Um, We'll catch you next week. Make sure to comment, like and subscribe. Leon, thank you very much. (laughs) Thank you, mate.